There are a lot of things that matter to me. Family, community, culture, and peace of mind. Hi, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and when balancing life, I have to say nothing brings more comfort than having support. And when it comes to ensuring those things that matter to you the most, State Farm offers the support with an agent available in person or on the phone to discuss your coverage options. Support when you need it, however you choose. That's State Farm's way. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Living life as a gringo Where you question Where you fit And every time you mingle They say you do this With not enough that My rapping is really bad <laughs> This life as a gringo Yes Hello and welcome To another episode Of Life as a Gringo I am Dramos Of course And on today's show Man It's our Thursday trends And I have a very Special guest Hopping on the show today This is kind of his thing Breaking down uh, Different pop culture Things that we see we have Matthew Torres, a.k.a. the Storytime Guy. How you feeling, bro? Good, good. Thank you for having me. It's really nice to be here. It's really nice to do this with you. Uh, of course. Very excited to just talk about all the things things I want to talk about. So this just, you know, <laughs> two birds, one stone. <laughs> I, I, I love it, man. I love it. Well, I mean, you have a really, really dope Instagram page, which I want to get to a little bit later on in the show Thank and kind of talk all about how you got into doing what you do. Uh, before that, though, man, I, I want to get into some of these trends from from our community. I mean, uh, we we have this whole man ongoing drama between uh, Residente from the group uh, Calle Trece. Him and Jay Balvin got this whole beef going on. So I want to kind of get into into that a bit. Um, we have some really interesting comments uh, in regards to Hollywood when it comes to actor uh, Oscar Isaac, and he he was making some kind of light jabs in a joking way on SNL, but but really it was telling a story. Uh, and yeah. then, man, on a, on a positive note, I want to talk about something that you actually brought up on your Instagram, and that is Batman having a Latino character actually played by a Latino yeah. uh, and, and actually him having a real storyline. So I want to get into that, of course. And, and then also I want to touch on this really dope documentary called Miha that was actually just picked up by, uh, by Disney+. Plus. And it's all about the first generation experience of, of Latinos, which is really dope to see uh, platforms like Disney getting behind, you know, stories like this one, man. So if you're ready, bro, let, let's kind of start off with, uh, with a bit of the nonsense, uh, if that's cool with you. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right. So, man, we'll, we'll get into it all in a segment we call For the People in the Back. Say a lot for the people in the back. All 
All right, so I mean, I, I I talked about this ongoing feud that's been going on between the uh, the artist Residente and Jay Bow, but I'm not sure how much of it have you kind of been been following for your own sake. Uh, not too much of it. It's something yeah. that it's it, I'm interested in, but I I, I want to hear your piece on it so I can kind okay. of get some context to to everything going on with it. Sure. I mean, well, this has been going on for like a little bit between the two of them. I think. It, it kind of started when J Balvin was asking Latin artists to protest the the Latin Grammys. He was asking reggaeton artists to protest, saying mm -hmm. that they don't care about reggaeton because I guess he wasn't nominated. And then, you know, uh, uh, Residente came back at him, who, if I'm not mistaken, Residente has like 13 Grammys. So he came back at him saying, you know, um, would you be this this talking this way if you yourself were actually nominated? So there was this whole back and forth and he, he basically said that Jay Balvin's music is fast food music and that's why he's not getting the nominations and then this uh th this kind of started to hold back and forth and and then kind of has has you know come to a head with this like this song that has really been kind of popping up everywhere when it comes to Latin music uh, Residente dropped an eight minute song um, yeah <laughs> yeah eight minutes called Residente. Got a lot to say on that one. <laughs> yeah bro an eight minute song he's called the uh, residente bizarre rap sessions volume 49 and and man some people are pushing back on on residente because they think he might have gone too far he he questions jay balvin's kind of uh mental health and saying that he was only exploiting that to get people to watch his documentary um he says that jay balvin only cares about money and is essentially fake i mean you know, the list kind of kind of goes on here. But I mean, kind of from that little that little blurb that I'm giving you, I mean, what are kind of your initial reactions to, to what you're hearing? I mean, like it's it's one of those things where there you can play devil's advocate for really both sides, honestly, sure. because they both have in their context accuracy to their statements. Right. They're, they're right. not just like making up stuff like. Yeah, he's he's probably upset that reggaeton and other things there. It's one of those like, it's kind of like hip hop. Like, yeah. how how far does something go? I, it, it brings me back to that time where, um, like, gorillas when they made feel feel good ink, right? Is uh -huh. it rap? Is it is, is it rock? Uh, rap? Is it rock? What sure. is it? Both. And so right. it's one of those things of like, he's he's probably upset. Like, granted, he's probably upset that he's not yeah. getting the recognition he feels he deserves. Right. At the same time, he. It, he probably has some merit to what he's saying and at the same time when you go after the king you know you don't miss <laughs> so when you're going after right. the, the latin grammys right that's a big deal that means a lot i mean like a yeah. lot of people say like i don't care about the academy awards i don't care about yeah but if you got nominated you you'd be shooting and you know right. down the street so it's right. one of those things like i don't care about the latin grammys but if they nominated me if i have right. a latin well, Grammy, well, that means the something that's that's also one of that's a great point because that's one of the things that Residente pointed out was that J Balvin was actually nominated the year prior and mm -hmm. had no complaints about the Grammys <laughs> at, at that point, right? So, yeah. so but now because you didn't get a nomination this time around, yeah. you know, now all of a sudden it's like we need to boycott, you know, we need to stand up for for what's right, and that's where I think it, to your point it gets a little bit kind of like okay, well, what are we kind of talking about at this point? Yeah. And it's not even like, and, and honestly, nowadays, I think boycotting the award shows is not yeah. the right necessary, it, any award show, really. Boycotting yeah. it is not going to do it. It's going to go on forever. It's not going right. to stop. It's it, it's bringing attention to the issues. Boycotting yeah. is not going to do anything. You have to bring attention. You have to try to get people on your side if you want right. that people are going to go there. You know, you yeah. want people to talk about it. We've seen it before with actors who talk about, you know, indigenous rights have done it at the Academy Awards. Right. So. 
I think boycotting it is not the right idea because he's not. Get, who's he getting on his side? People that probably weren't going to watch it anyways. Right. Like, right. Yeah. What because do they I have mean, to lose? Yeah, because it is a bit selfish to think that you're going to tell an artist, you know, who might be getting nominated for the first time in their career. And listen, I don't care, like you said, what you think about award shows before you've gotten nominated. Like when your artwork gets recognized by the highest honor in your field. You can't yeah. help but feel great about that. And and I don't care. And you should feel great about it. At, at 100%. And I, I highly doubt that any of these guys, you know, ever, you know, d- didn't think about getting a Grammy. I'm sure all of them dreamed about possibly yeah. one day getting nominated that's the, for that's something the, like That's this. the big thing, right? If you're not right. shooting to be the best, then yes. why are you doing what you're doing, right? You know, it's Absolutely. like you, you want to do what you love. But at the same time, you have to be shooting. If you want to be the industry greatest, you have to be shooting for that. So, yeah, right. that's. I don't think he's, I think is in, in both instances. And then like, like you said, on the opposite end, it's like, he makes a diss track, which we've seen diss tracks work. And a lot of times in yeah. most cases with diss tracks, yeah. uh, people take two things, things too far. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're doing research. They got a room full of people. I'm right. sure writing everything down. They're like, Hey, um, his baby mama said she slapped him like 10 years ago. Should we, we shouldn't include that. No, we're going to include that. You're like, right. Oh. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and that's kind of like, the thing about a diss track is it's kind of like, generally speaking, it, it ends when somebody goes too far and just annihilates the other person, right? I mean, like, Drake and Meek Mill, I mean, Drake and Pusha T, I should say. Well, Drake yeah. and Meek Mill was another one, but yeah. Drake and Pusha T was the one that got really disrespectful when it was like Drake got ousted about, you know, having a kid and Pusha T exposed that before Drake. Yeah, he's like, to... they're dissing each other and he's like, right. kid doing? Oh, hey, whoa, whoa, we're... <laughs> right and some people would say he went too far but but it's also like man it's 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 art you know what i mean it's like when you get in the ring with these kinds of things you should know what to expect granted though i don't think jay balvin was trying to start some sort of feud in this whole thing it seems like Crescente is taking the first um you know kind of steps here but yeah. I, I i will say this i mean i think the only thing I have an issue with is is the idea of mental health. I don't think that you can yeah. ever question somebody's validity when it comes to, you know, mental health, right? I think that that unfortunately only increases the stigma when you talk about the Latin community where this has been such a stigma for so long, you know, that it the idea is. of like, yeah, it still yeah is exactly. And, and the idea of like people being like ostracized because they want to go see a therapist and people like, just pray it away. You're crazy. If you go see a therapist you or know? just, just, yeah, it doesn't a thing. It's it's just, right. Hey, I think I am depressed or anxiety. Nah, you're good. You're that, it's, right. and that's the Latino <laughs> thing, right? Like they even teach that right. in the medical field. They're just like, yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, Latino men will lie to you. They will yes. say that they're at a two, they're at a 10. Don't trust right. their word. That's things they teach nurses because that's the, the old school Latino mentality is like, no, I, I don't got mental problems. I'm fine. I got right. nothing wrong with me. Right. No, 100%. So to me, I think that's where I would say you might have crossed the line when you get into into that whole, you know, kind of thing. But I, I, I love the point, though, I think to kind of cap it off what you said that boycotting, even if you feel like something is wrong, boycotting probably isn't the way to get the attention because at the end of the day, it's not like it was in like the 80s or the 90s where people were like at attention watching these award shows and like waiting yeah. to be told what was the great project. Like the reality is the Internet, the everyday people are the ones calling the shot on what's relevant. And these yeah. award shows are just trying to keep up. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that if there was an uproar on the Internet about, you know, uh, the wrong person getting album of the year or something like that then the award show would take notice because they realize their credibility is at stake at that point, right? Exactly. And I think it's the same thing 
with Macklemore winning Best Hip Hop Album over, yeah. I think it might have been a Kendrick Lamar at, at that uh, Grammy yeah. Awards. And it was just like the amount of backlash they got from it. I don't know for a fact, but I'd assume behind closed doors, the Grammy w- were probably like, who do we have voting for the hip hop category? Because obviously <laughs> the yeah. people are saying we, we were way off base here. So what, what, what is the right thing to do? I think exactly. it makes them have it- to react. And in that case, too, it's like you have to, like, consider multiple factors, right? Like, mm. it, it, and because, I mean, at the end of the day, art is subjective, but like, sure, it, it, award shows try to bring, like, non-subjectivity to art, which is difficult, right? right? To, to sure. say, like, hey, this is objectively nicer than every other thing. Yeah. And of course, you're going to have people disagree. And so, like, in the case of, like, Macklemore, it's like, and I like Macklemore, I like a whole bunch of rappers. Sure. But, like, in the case of Macklemore, it's like, I think they just looked at the hard facts of the numbers and they went, like, right. Look, he he sold out. He's he's been number one in multiple hits. If he right. was anyone else, like this, he's he's done. He hasn't broke records, but he did really good. Right. Let's give it to him. And they, and it's one of those things of like, okay, well, yes, he was a pop culture, you know, on the radio. But like, what about right. the substance of it? What about yeah. like him, his community? Yeah. And so it's like the cultural I, impact. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I think just in general, when it comes to like to, to be really, it's like to, to come to things when it comes to like hip hop and everything. It's like this blue eyed, blonde hair, white guy that's like really right. happy and singing yeah. silly songs. So like maybe that's not like and I like right. it. I think he has some beautiful songs. I think White Privilege is a great song. Sure. You know, but I think uh, when it comes to him, yeah, it was it's all the things of like I think they looked at the facts a little too much and not considered the impact in the actual industry of how um, the other albums did. Yeah, and and I think I think that's a great point. I think it, I think he, honestly he probably should have been in like the best pop album category. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Um. And, and obviously that's tough for him because he's a rapper. But the reality is he I, I'm sure he knows because I think he even apologized. Like yeah, no, I, I, yeah, yeah. He wrote like, a later and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, you you just have to know you're not making the cultural impact that a Kendrick Lamar is having when he's dropped any one of his albums that are yeah. you know instant classics and genuinely like mean something to the history of yeah. of hip-hop you know yeah all right let's hold hold on right here and and take a quick break and then we'll get back into all this in just a minute as an actor a producer and a proud latino father my days can get very busy which is why i make sure to dedicate time to what's important like supporting my community through my work sharing my colombian and venezuelan culture and being present for my family which is everything to me Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama, and we're reflecting on what matters most. I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tuda Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. 
Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right, we are back, and let's keep it in the, the entertainment world, you know, and, and other people making their art. I mean, we have uh, Oscar Isaac, who's um, an, an incredible actor. He's, uh, he's Guatemalan and Cuban and was one of the mm-hmm. hosts of, uh, of Saturday Night Live recently. And, and he was making these kind of jokes that are kind of like, you know, he's, he's like pulling punches, but like, we all, there's like a, a bit of seriousness there's still, yeah, behind there's that, Latino right? humor, right? I mean, when you call yeah. your like, cousin's gordita, like, hey, gordita, you're like, right. that hurts. Because you know <laughs> it comes from like the spark of the, like, the truth, but you right. laugh about it and you have to sure. laugh too, right? You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's, right. it's like, you gotta, you, you got as Latinos, we insult each other, but we have to right. take it, even though we know it hurts. We have to take yes. it. <laughs> no, exactly. And you know, they're trying to tell you something, but you have to laugh about yeah. it and pretend it's a joke, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that's a great, great point. But you know, he he brought up this idea of, of always being considered ethnically ambiguous in Hollywood and crediting that that is the reason why he's been able to play so many different types of roles. But he acknowledges, and I think that this is what's important because I think when you are somebody of privilege, your voice carries that much further when you're talking about things that don't necessarily affect you directly, right? Like he's getting the roles that many Latinos would dream of being able to play um, but he's bringing up a, a fact that, you know, often in Hollywood that Latinos are only able to play these sort of stereotypical, you know, kind of gangster roles and and these people from the hood and all these different things, you know. But the reality is like, and these are my words, that Hollywood has no problem telling us we should believe Al Pacino as a Cuban, right? Or yeah. or, Sh- or Shia LaBeouf as a Mexican, right? But yeah. But like, but Latinos, you guys are only allowed to play, you know, Latinos or else it's not believable for, for the audience, you know? Yeah. Um, and, 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 and when we and, do, yeah. Right. And when we, when we do get a cool Latino like hero, it goes to a Spaniard, right? Like, right, when, like, right. When we get like the, the Marco Zorro, it was mm. Antonio Banderas. I see people right. talking about like, well, what if, what about Bane? This whole Batman thing. What about Bane and all that stuff? And it's like, yeah. we should get Javier Bardem or David, Dave Batista. Neither yeah. of them are Latino. Right. And they're like, well, Latinos are sure. Have you, do you not know Lucha Libre exists, man? Like, Blue right. Demon, the dudes, Matt, like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> There's things yeah, to I, do I, about this. Right, right. Well, and I, I think that, that what you're talking to speaks to the sort of um, ignorance of whoever's in positions of power when it comes to casting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and I think that it's like, it's basically these guys are, are, are looking at, well, they speak Spanish, so it's the same thing, right? You know, mm-hmm. and... And then these same people will think that, you know, we're kind of just gaslighting or or we're complaining for, for no reason whatsoever. But we're, we're pointing out the fact that you're, you're missing the, the point here. You know what I mean? The, the thing is Spaniards are European at this point. You know, they're not, not yeah. falling under the same marginalized categories as as Latinos, you know, um, in, in this country. And, and to, exactly. to ask to Oscar Isaac's credit, uh, he was he, he's been quoted as talking about the movie Drive, where he played in mm-hmm. ex-prisoner. And that he loved the movie, but almost turned the role down because he felt like he didn't want to participate in being a stereotypical uh, role for Latino. And that the director actually was willing to rework the character for him to create more of an in-depth storyline that that wasn't so stereotypical as him just being this abusive kind of ex-prisoner type, you know? Yeah. Um, and man, I, I you have to you have to really commend 
people like that who are willing to put their foot down and possibly say no to a, a huge role like that with a star yeah. like like Ryan Gosling, you know, um, when when you know, when when most people are just struggling to get a role out here. Right. Any people are just trying to take anything. to <laughs> yeah, and Honestly, and it's sometimes you got to th- I mean, that's the big thing I was. Um, I used to work at Disneyland and one of the mm. my, my fellow cast members, he was an extra for all yeah. these different things. And he was telling me he was an older Mexican dude and he was, he did Latino roles, a lot of you know, music videos just where they needed a lot old Latino man. But sure. he was telling me too, he was how, because he had a kind of, a, he was very darker skin. So they yeah. had him do roles as like Middle Eastern extras mm. and um, it was just like indigenous extras. And he's like, yeah. oh, I'm Mexican. Like, and right. I feel uncomfortable doing this stuff, but like this is a paycheck and right. I'm not, I'm just an extra. So it's one of right. those things of like, and he's, he's like, and, and I'm not like trying to justify my actions, sure. but like, it's one of those situations where you get told like, Hey, we want you to dress up like this and you go, okay. And then you get to sit and you're like, Oh, I'm, I shouldn't be <laughs> right. You know, right. Gonna say like, Hey, uh, I know I'm just the extra but like, I'm not doing this. This is racist, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's and that's incredibly tough because, again, not everybody's in the position of somebody like Oscar Isaac, who has done enough roles where he has, a, you know, a few bucks in the bank. Yeah, exactly. You know? He can have sway. The, he can say things. Right. <laughs> exactly. The tough part is if you have an actor who's finally like starting to get his big break and then is presented this, you know, it's like, man, how do you kind of turn that down? Not knowing if this is the only opportunity that you get, you know, so my my. Like, I, I feel for those people, you know, I, I wouldn't judge, you know, those people who feel like they have no other other way or they're, they're just, you know, nervous that this could be their one shot and they blow it because, man, it's 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 a doggy dog industry and it, you don't know really when the is. next chance is going to come around. It really honestly isn't like that's the thing, too, is that like I have a few friends around the entertainment industry from actors and stuff. And I know one of my act- yeah. my actor friends, the first big role he got was a cholo. Cause he's a, he's a Latino dude. He can grow the beard right. and everything. So he, they yeah. like, Hey, shave a goatee. We're going to put some fake tattoos on you. And you're going to be a cholo right. in this little thing. And then right. the next thing he got, he had to be a Spaniard. So he had talked in the really outrageous accent. Yeah. The matador. And then the thing after that, he was playing Tarzan in a Geico commercial. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's really getting this whole range and stuff. Yeah. And he's like very proud to be Latino. But at the same time, he's like, like we argue like, Hey, should an actor, if a character is very specifically like Puerto Rican, yeah. Cuban. Does mm-hmm. the is it uh, a sin and how big of a sin is it if you cast a Mexican? If you yeah. cast like Guatemalan, right? And it's like if the if the character's ethnicity isn't mentioned, like Luis in Marvel's in Ant Man, right? We don't sure. know what what he is, so he's right. Latino, and so it you know um, Luis the actor Michael Pena doesn't matter. But in right. cases like uh, West Side Story, where they're all mm-hmm. very distinctly intentionally Puerto Rican, right? then there's not any really Puerto Ricans in that movie, especially none of the main characters. Right. It's one of those instances where you're like, okay, well, like, are we just happy that there's Latinos? Should we yeah. complain? Because, right. like, it's one of those things of, like, if you complain, they don't want you there. Right. So, but it's, you know, for me, and it's like, and like I said, I do content creation and I, I go to events and stuff. So for me, it's like, I, I have to, like, tiptoe sometimes because I'm like, I'm yeah. upset that there's no, especially being half Puerto Rican myself. Like I'm upset that yeah. there's West Side Story did Puerto Ricans dirty, mm. but at the same time, I'm happy that a beautiful, uh, you know, Best Picture nominated film starring Latinos yeah. is getting recognized. You know, right, right. So it it puts it exactly. Yeah. And so even as like a viewer, Latinos are right. put in this weird position where we have to either like we have to kind of watch what we say, and it's like we right. like, need to be proud, right? Like we're proud right. of Encanto. 
because right. but like also it was written mostly it was written by two white guys and directed by two mm. white guys and then over the last like year and a half they brought in a latina and it's like okay that's mm. that's cool but like right. where do we draw the line of going hey maybe better next time <laughs> right right I, I think that's a great point like as you're saying and i'm thinking to myself like man okay where do i fall on that that same principle of like am i upset am i happy am i just happy there's representation Ex- yeah and i, and I and, and it's a really tough thing, and I can imagine like it's even tougher for the people in those roles. But yeah, you know, a, as a as a viewer, I think that for me, I guess I'd feel comfortable saying like this is amazing that we got to have this sort of representation on such a grand scale. And while something like West Side Story is an improvement from the last iteration of it, <laughs> yeah, you <yes>. know, <laughs> to say the least, um, that doesn't mean that we still shouldn't strive to do a bit better. Yeah. You know, um, that we. We shouldn't strive to, you know, authentically glorify one another's culture. And I think that that's what people are looking for. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that that is kind of what is maybe missed by a lot of people, specifically like white people who are wondering why everybody gets so hot and bothered about this, you know, yeah. but it, it, I think it's because we have been in such a box and we've lacked such representation that when we see it, we want it to be done right and we want it to represent us, you know, in a way that we can be proud of it. It's, it's like, man, if you, you know, brought somebody uh, to your house for the first time, like you want to give them a really good impression of your yeah. home, right? Like, you know, you want to give them the tour, you want everything to be in its place, you know, you want them to feel comfortable, right? Like mm-hmm. you want to give off the best version of yourself yep. uh, and, and the place that you're calling home, you know, for this guest that you're inviting over. And and to me, it's the, it's the same kind of thing. You know, I want to have pride in the projects that are attaching the culture of Puerto Rico to it, you know, and I yeah. want people to be able to see that and feel like it was an accurate, beautiful representation of us as people, you know? Yeah, because on the opposite end is, what if West Side Story was bad, right? Mm, like, yeah. then they're going to go, well, look, we made, try to make a movie with Latinos and it wasn't good. And it's like, well, hold right. on. You didn't, right. like, you know, and it's definitely one of those things when it comes to like accuracy, like I call it like the Desi scale, like mm. from Desi Arnaz. It's like, yeah. all right, is there a Latino in your movie? Yes. Is that Latino, uh, being portrayed by a latino right because mm, that's what yeah. we have to say we're one of the few yeah. people of the races you know it's like right we have to say hey spaniards white people you're not latino right, right. filipinos I, I saw a comment earlier on tiktok they're like well de is filipino that's the same thing as being latino it's not <laughs> but there are cousins the filipinos are latino cousins and we love them very right. much right yeah but that's not the same thing Right. And so like, so it's like, it, so is there a Latino? Is that actor being, or is the actor Latino? And then the third scale for me is, is the ethnicity matching, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, and it's based off, like for me, I was like the new, uh, I love Lucy movie, right? Yeah. Right then is, do we have a Latino in the movie? Yes. Is the actor Latino? No, it's Javier Bardem. Right. Who went on right. to, to I, I don't know if you saw his comments about defending why he took the role and everything. No, I didn't see that, but I saw part of the movie, but I didn't see his comments. Well, he's it, the the gist of it is that uh, people were like, "Hey, so uh, a lot of people were upset that you're not Latino and you're taking roles from Latinos. How do you feel mm-hmm. about taking roles from minorities?" And he's like, yeah. "Well, Spaniards are a minority. So how many Spaniards are in Hollywood? How many Spaniards do you see in movies? I know right. minorities, right?" And you're like, "Well, right. Javier, <laughs> <laughs> no, Javier, like that's <laughs> swing and a miss, buddy. That's not it's not the same thing." Yeah, I, especially when you kind of. I mean, a that the Spaniards historically were colonizers, you know, no different than like the colonial English. But um, you know, also, I mean, they're just if, they're, if we're going historically, there is like this historical kind of hierarchy that happens, you know, where yeah. 
the the Spaniards looked at themselves as superior, you know, and yep, and, and the mestizos, and, and it just yeah, exactly, exactly, you know. So I think that a comment like that is very ignorant to this sort oh, of yeah, historical the whole, man. context, you know. You want to have a good night out? Just start watching interviews about them talking about the whole <laughs> cast talking about Latinos. It's a Aaron Sorkin, the guy who wrote and directed it. He's like, he's like, well, I don't, I don't. Acting's acting. Act. Anyone can act anything. So I don't see this whole thing about why being Latino matters. And he's like, and I tried to hire Latino. I hired a Brazilian actor, but then my casting director said we couldn't hire him because he doesn't speak Spanish. So we hired Javier because he speaks Spanish. What's the big deal here? And it's like Aaron. <laughs> You didn't know that Brazilians don't speak Spanish, like right? What? Wh- where, where did you go to world history? Like, you didn't? Do you not know history or just geography? Right. Like, well, and but that—that's the fucked up thing is like that these people in charge don't even like feel like they need to out, like acknowledge their own ignorance. You know what I mean? To like yeah. to be like, you know what? Like, why don't we hire some somebody like you know uh, to just be like a, a you know like to consult us like hey you know by the way this is a little bit off um this is why this might be a problem for people this yep. is why a brazilian you know is, is doesn't speak spanish because spanish, the fucking yeah. national language is portuguese <laughs> you know what i mean like like little things like that like that little yeah. investment could have gone a long way to showing that you're caring about telling a story of people who have been done dirty for yeah. basically the entire history especially of their cuba existence. too expect like right. of all the things like cubans like and Desi is a very pr- like someone tried to tell yes. me my video. They're like, "Well, no one knew Desi was Latino." I'm like, "Everyone, he, <laughs> how did you watch? Have you watched I Love Lucy? Right? How, he, he, how can you watch that and be like, I wonder what he? I, he's Cuban? Well, have, uh, how? Like from bro. like, how do you get, like? You guys are just talking out of your butt. Like, how do you but get yeah, that information? That's why you can't argue with like these twelve year olds on TikTok, because, <laughs> bro. I like. This is completely unrelated, but I saw somebody do a video of like, you know, uh, you know, top top five one hit wonders and they had outcast listed on there for Hey Ya. And it was like, bro, if you just did a quick fucking Google search, you would have seen literally the amount of hits that like what outcast that if you, you have no like he had no his own TV show. He had Andre right. Thiaz at his own cartoon TV show. Yeah, the man like, deserves what? some respect. Bro, like there were multiple hits, first and foremost, off of that album. And then you ignore you know Rosa Parks and Beale, everything that comes <laughs> along with it. But I mean, whatever, it's just the internet, and yeah. it gets it gets me frustrated. Obviously, no, but, yeah, man. yeah. You know, and honestly, that's for me. I'm like, and that's how that's how I view all Latinos when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm like, all right, like we're doing good, we're getting better. You know, I always yeah. like I give I give a lot of crap to to Marvel Studios for how they've treated Latinos thus far. Yeah, but they're fixing that going forward. You know, it's right. like we have a lot of Latino superheroes coming to Marvel. DC's still going to beat them out on the first Latino movie. Yeah. We're still waiting on a Latino movie to even be announced. Right. But like, you know, it's like the steps, right? It's, it's just the steps. It's, we've, we've had this. Every culture has this, right? It's like Absolutely. we're following the steps of African-Americans. It, it happened with yeah. them. Just the other day, I saw a, uh, a, a, how a Latinos and they, um, like SAG, they all agreed like, hey, we're not doing maid roles anymore. Like no mm. more Latinos are playing maids and roles. Yeah. And some people were like, hey, uh, no, thank you, because uh, that's money to me. They're like, right. but don't you care about like the respect of like you don't want to be seen as like a consuela kind of thing? Right. And they're like, I don't, but at the same time, this is money. This is my living. Right. I get typecasted if I don't get jobs as like Latina maids in yeah. movies and shows. I don't have a job, and that right. literally mirrors what happened to African Americans about fifty, mm-hmm. sixty years ago. They all yeah. were like, hey, we don't want to be black maids anymore. And right. some of them, especially the big character actors, were like, hey, uh. Keep your opinions to yourself. This is my living. 
And right. what ended happening is the, it was it, those people didn't get jobs when they all agreed. They said, hey, no more of this. The yeah. people just stopped act, acting. And it's all right. those things of like, you know, you try to do advancement, but sometimes things are going to fall by the wayside. And it kind of sucks. But at the same time, it's like we all got to suffer for advancement, you know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And I also think, though, it, it, it takes people at the top of their game really are the ones who are going to be the change makers. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be the actors who already have had success. And and granted, I know you didn't sign up for this, but damn, you, you owe it to the rest of us to yeah. speak out on behalf of everyone else, because the. The reality is, man, it, it's kind of like, you know, you talk about people who live in dire circumstances and really have no hope. They live in, you know, in the hood or, or whatever it is. Like, unfortunately, they're going to have to do whatever they can do to make ends meet, to put food on the table and all these different things. You know, it's like you can't ask people who are in poverty to fix poverty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> you have to it, like it starts with the people in charge being like, we need to allocate resources and create more opportunities for those in poverty to be able to eventually get themselves out of poverty, right? Yeah, Latino directors. That, that's exactly. what I keep saying, man. We won exactly. uh, what, six out of the, it wasn't, I think, last year, but out of the last seven years, Latinos have won Best Director five years, right? Yeah. We won like three times in a row, missed one, and then won the next two. And it's like, right. but, but you look at how many Latinos were in their movies. Right. And that's right. that, like that's my big thing is I'm like I'm so happy that you know um, yeah, uh, Guillermo del Toro and Inarto yeah. uh, they're all doing these big things and they're getting recognized as amazing best pictures best directors but like put Latinos in your movies man <laughs> right 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 and then you wonder how much of it is their hands are tied you know what I mean yeah like, yeah yeah and then it's like all right well we need to be at the fucking studio like it, it is this kind of ongoing thing and I think that you know, there's a, a level of being outspoken, also a level of patience that needs to happen as well. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's probably the, the tug and pull, like celebrate the little wins, like we were saying, but understand that there is always better to do and always strive for, for better, I think is probably the like, and don't cancel them. Uh, I, you know, right. it's not one of those things of like cancel yes. Guillermo del Toro, but right. definitely, if, you know, bring it up. If you're interviewers, if you're people, you know, bring it up yep. to him. Because honestly, sometimes especially when Latinos, when we yeah. make art, we don't even realize that we're not even support. We like, supporting ourselves you know right right sometimes right. we'll try to do out and uh, you see it a lot and too the guy who did the new cowboy bebop tv show mm-hmm. was a it was a latino and he didn't put yeah. latinos in the tv show even with the episode right. that's about latin that's like in mexico he didn't put right. latinos and you're like well that's you forget that, that? <laughs> right but that, and i think that that's a great point because i also think that we have to also recognize that we've been kind of like trained mm-hmm. to see tv and not expect to see a visual representation of ourselves, right? Yep. That's and, the truth. And, and like, if you're not aware of it, like, we all have played victim to it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. I can't say my entire life I've looked at TV and been like, why don't I see anybody that looks like me? Like, no, I was accepting it just like anybody mm-hmm. else, you know? And yep. it wasn't until you get older and you start talking to other people, you're reading about things, you start being like, wait, like, we've been programmed to think that, like, white stories are the universal story and like everybody else's story is just for their own niche. You know what I mean? But that's just by design that that's all we've seen on TV, you know? So I think a lot of people and myself included in different ways, you know, we have to come to terms with our own sort of bias that we have based upon, you know, what we've been fed by, by society, you know, and there's, there's no shame in acknowledging that either. You know what I mean? It's just important to recognize and and grow from it. That is amazing. Eloquently put, man, that is (laughs) Perfect. Exactly the point, man. That's I appreciate it. I mean, and, and and you know what? We've been kind of like stewing on a lot of the bullshit. Uh, so let's let's get into some positive stuff that's been happening. Some people doing some positive stuff in our community. 
uh, and we'll do it in our Mi Gente segment. But first, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important, like supporting my community through my work, sharing my Colombian and Venezuelan culture, and being present for my family, which is everything to me. Hey everyone, it's Wilmer Valderrama. And when reflecting on what matters most, I start by giving thanks for good support in my life whenever I need to make the big decisions. How about you? If it's insurance you need, State Farm is there to help you choose the right coverage for you. And State Farm offers great support 24-7. Just call an agent. State Farm is also a big supporter of my Cultura Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel... It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, gente. All right, so I, I got put onto this, so I'm going to let you kind of lead the way a little bit on this one because I got this from, from your page. I know you had posted a reel where you gave your review of the Batman uh, and then you also, as, as one of kind of the selling points as to why you were giving, and I think it was a 10 out of 10, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, you were talking about the fact that they had a, a Latino character uh, who was actually played by a Latino and actually had like a real developed storyline for that character. So kind of break it down for me because I still haven't gotten a chance to, to see the movie yet. We'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so no, no spoilers or anything. And, uh, and yeah. so like the movie, pretty much it introduces the character, Latino character, uh, Detective Ramirez. And he kind of doesn't like the Batman. Mm. And you see, and he's not just like there in the one scene and there. And he's, he's like, right. kind of like Commissioner Gordon's right hand. He's always there in the scenes. He's always giving his little two cents. And as the movie yeah. progresses, he goes from someone who doesn't respect or like Batman to eventually like seeing him more humanized. And eventually mm. in the end, without spoiling anything, they actually like work on a scene together. And yeah. it's just the two of them. And I'm like, I don't think we've ever had a movie in the history of Batman movies where a yeah. single Latino is in the room with Batman and they're like solving a crime together. Right. And, it's like, and, it, and it plays too with like, it's like I'm not spoiling anything. It's just like Latino, like something happens. Like, let's just say like, there's like a, like a little device used to like plaster stuff and Batman's yeah. being a rich affluent white guy has no idea what it is. And Mr. Detective right. Miramis is like, Oh, that's that. My uncle used to do that. And it's mm. this really unique way of like, you're not bringing him down. You're not like talking down to him. You're not like, oh, I know what that is because that's something that only melon sellers on the, the taco stand. Right. Like he, he, you show that he comes from a family of hard workers and right. that he knows what he's talking about. That he knows the things that Batman might not, 
And it's this yeah. beautiful way to like, you're not bringing Batman down. You're just bringing Detective Ramirez up. Right, and, right. And it, it's almost like, not to cut you up, but it, it almost is like this, this beautiful moment of this guy has something to offer uh, Batman. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. I, like, you're exactly. putting it out there that like this rich white guy who's also a superhero, yeah. like, has something to learn from this guy who, you know, by yeah. all accounts comes from some, you know, uh, you know, meager beginnings and, and is a working class type of dude. Yeah, exactly. And like for me, and that's and like, that's, that's the, that to me, that was like, that's how you introduce a good character. You go from, he's not just the mm. character. He's not just this, like, okay, he didn't like Batman. He likes Batman. That would have been simple enough, but how yeah. they did it to me was respectful. Cause we don't often mm. get that. Right. Like right against Luis and Ant-Man, but like, look at the situation that he's constantly talking about that he's an ex-convict you see his all mm-hmm. his relatives they're all ghetto they and accurate right. to the softball baseball experience and the events and sure. I, you know it's but they're all tatted up in ghetto and like lower right. class and you're like okay well that's funny and it's you know not gonna lie i got a big family yeah i got parts of my family that's like that right you know right. but it's like still it's like there could have it could have been done a little more respectfully and you look sure. at something like this and i'm like that that was done respectfully and like the bigger part is, is that the actor is Latino. They didn't just hire a white guy yeah. and then go like, yeah. oh, let's just throw in Mr. Ramirez. Like, let's hire a Latino actor. And the mm-hmm. guy even commented, the actor even commented on my video too. And he was like, yeah, wow. like we're out here working, man. Like we're, we're trying, <laughs> to, you know, we're getting it. And it makes yeah. me really happy to know that like they didn't, they, like someone had to be cognizant enough of this right. situation. I don't know if it was Matt right. Reeves or someone else or mm-hmm. the actor. But someone was cognizant enough in this giant Batman blockbuster three, four hour long movie. Right. All these different things and subplots that they still dedicated the respect and time to Latinos. And for me, I'm like, thank you, because we we get gypped a lot, especially when it comes to Bane, my favorite villain. He's super cool. (laughs) How many times? I mean, like we've never seen him by Latinos. Right. He's been in animated stuff for like he's been Mm -hmm. in like 12 different animated things. Half the times he's voiced by either a white dude or a Spaniard. Yeah, and when we've seen him in film, Tom Hardy or uh, yeah, yeah, Matt, uh, yeah, Tom, right, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy and, yep, um, some wrestler back in Batman. Right. Right? <laughs> you right. know, so for me, it's like that's what I really respect the Batman movie for. And it, yeah, it's a great movie; it's a masterpiece, mm-hmm. and I love it. But for me, really seeing that, it was like, dang, this is done so well. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think, I think it actually shows you, obviously, without even having seen it, but just from what you're saying, if a movie on, on, on such a grandiose scale as the Batman can make the time to get it right. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for anybody else to not be be able to either. You know what I mean? Because yeah, I, the reality exactly. is like they could have had an entirely white cast. And because it's Batman, I don't think too many people would have been like up in arms about it because just Batman is just one of those characters that like mm-hmm. we're all fascinated to see. And we're yeah. just curious how the movie is, is going to be, you know, but the mm-hmm. fact that they took that time in such a grand production shows you that there really is no excuse for us not to, you know, expect that same level of, of you know, um, of, of just kind of attention to detail for, for other films that involve, you know, Latinos or, or, you know, when it comes to working Latino characters into a movie. Yeah. And, and without spoiling anything, there is even there's even a Spanish lesson in the movie. <laughs> it, it, it's hilarious because they keep saying like El Rana and they're like, and one of the characters is like El Rana did you guys not take Spanish it's La Rana right. like, you guys should know this like you I'm right. not, he's like none of and the thing is in the room none of them speak Spanish like the characters right. in that scene but even yeah. it's funny that they would even like they they didn't have to they could have chose any language they could have chose anything you know right. and the fact that right. they're like 
not only going to talk Spanish and make the Spanish thing, but they're going to get corrected on it too by another character. I'm mm-hmm. like, you guys are so good at caring and it's yeah. so effortlessly. I'm sure it wasn't, but like, it's so effortlessly natural. And I'm like, that's how, yeah. it's, that's how diversity should be. It should right. just be natural. And the, yeah. this movie did it. And like, honestly, the, for that reason alone, I'm like, y'all, y'all did something good. Y'all have someone, <laughs> some producer, Matt Reeves or something. He's invited to yeah. get to, as much as Sada as he wants. You give him two bowls <laughs> of this shit. But I don't care. That man deserves it. <laughs> right. I love it. All right. So real quick, though, out of curiosity, where would you rank Robert Pattinson in the like uh, actors who have played Batman? Where does he fall in that for you? So, like, if we're not including, like, every animated series, like, just the movies, I'd say he's probably yeah. number one. Um, wow. My biggest thing is I want a detective. Like, it, mm. it's, it, to me, I look at it this way. And why is Batman in the Justice League? There's a reason for it. And if mm. I can take all the Batman and put them alongside Superman and Wonder Woman, and if they have no use other than their money, I don't yeah. like them. Because mm. his money is not the reason he's in there. He's a detective. Yeah. He's smart. He has a moral compass that he abides by and forces others to listen to. He's a good leader. Yeah. He's a solo right. act, but he's a wonderful leader. And that's yeah. what I want to see. I don't want him to see just to team go like, oh, I need a new technology to figure this out. No, he should be in a room with nothing. He's MacGyver, you know, and it's so right. Funny. Right. That's how I view it. And that's what I got with with Robert Pattinson, that he doesn't just rely on his technology. He's smart. He talks to people and he doesn't yeah. talk to people, too. There's a lot of yeah. times where you're expecting that Marvel kind of mentality sinks in when someone's stabby with him and you're expecting yeah. him to say like, ah, eat shit. But he just kind of right. glares. And I'm like, that's yeah. that's Batman. He doesn't need to make snappy one-liners. He's right. Batman. He doesn't do that. <laughs> but I'm like, that's what I gauge it to. Like, could any of these guys on mm. their own fit into the Justice League? And for me, I look back mm. at all of them, I go, no, not a single one of them. Yeah. They don't like even even the, the one that did, even Ben Affleck's Justice, you know, Batman, he didn't even fit into the Justice League, right? It's like right. he was in it. So yeah. for me, that's yeah. how I view it. Is that could could Robert Pattinson's Batman be smart enough, be useful enough, see things that other people couldn't, superhuman gods, could he stand among them? And I say yes, and I think he's the only Batman outside of, like, Lego Batman and the Batman the Animated Series (laughs) be proud enough to say that. That, Wow, those are are big words. It actually makes me very excited to to see the movie. I actually DJ'd, like, the premiere for it in New York that they had, um, (laughs) and and I I didn't stay to watch it because I knew my girlfriend would kill me because she wanted to watch it. I I Um, got you out there. Yeah, yeah. So I had to had to had to save for her, but I definitely am, am excited to to see it, man. After that raving uh raving I, review, I'm very excited for it. I, honestly, I can't wait to see it again. Too my big thing, and but and it's like, yeah. and I'll announce this to you. I haven't publicly announced this, uh, but yeah. I am going to see Moon Knight at the red carpet premiere. I was invited. Nice. So I'm very excited to see Oscar Isaac. That's why when his comments, I was like, please, when you saw when you said Oscar Isaac, I was like, oh god, please say yeah. something that's not going to make me upset. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so, you know, I'm yeah. excited, man. It's it's to see Oscar Isaac, man, to see him, to yeah. see superheroes. Like I said, Latinos were slowly coming up. It's slow. Yeah. It's taking time, but that's how our culture is, right? We we do our, yeah. our fathers do better than their fathers, we do better than mm-hmm. our fathers, our kids do better than us. It's slow. It, it's a it's a slow uphill climb, but we're doing it. And for right. me, like, you know, that's what I'm saying. It, it's that's how I see it. And I'm man, I'm just superheroes in general. Disney no, that's doing good. Could do better. Yeah, I mean, doing good, right. <laughs> and that that and that's beautiful that they're they're inviting people like yourself to make sure they're there to cover that event, you know, and be a part of that. I think is is such a a beautiful thing. And um, the last thing I wanna 
I want to touch on uh, quickly is this documentary called uh, Miha. And, and this mm-hmm. documentary um, is about a, a 23-year-old music manager who, who befriends a, a Chicano singer. And it's all about, you know, the, the first generation experience, you know, and and as they describe it, you know, they say Miha largely revolves around the struggles of being first generation immigrants and the guilt felt when you're the first in your family to be born in the United States. Uh, the story is about the risk taken to grab the bull by the horns and follow your ambitions while also sharing an intimate perspective on being first generation family and the power of music. And and again, Disney Plus is getting behind this. And I think that, you know. I, I mean, I, I don't have any inside information, but I think when you begin to see the success of something like Encanto, I think that a, a, a studio like Disney is going to be able to open their eyes a little bit more to uh, trying yeah. to bring on other projects that might touch that same that same audience. You know, I, I can. And for me, it's like in hearing that it, it's a story that rings true to me. I'm first generation. Sure. My mom jumped mm-hmm. the border from Mexico. My dad, mm. his whole family comes from Puerto Rico. So he yeah. was, he, they both came to California. They were both uh, living on the streets. They were yeah. both orphans when they met each other when mm. they were 18. So like wow. this whole experience of like, that's why my Spanish, I, I don't really speak very good Spanish yeah. um, because they didn't, same, teach, they didn't, yeah. they didn't yeah, same. teach me Spanish because they didn't want me to be made fun of. That was something right. that they dealt with when they were in high school, that they were constantly made fun of for how they mm. talked in English sure. when they tried. And so they're right. like, we don't want to teach you Spanish because we feel that that's just going to alienate you. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it and it's and it's the case of two, and it's like I even and like people sometimes talk about the way I either like talk. It's like I grew up in an all white neighborhood. I grew up with a mm-hmm. white stepdad, you know. Yeah. So for me, it's like I was the only Latino. I didn't even know my mom jumped the border till I was a teenager. I was watching. Wow. I was in high school. I watched a documentary about kids jumping the border. Yeah, I came home. I was in tears, and I was like, "Man, mom, did you know that this happened?" She's like, "No, it I did it." And I was like, "What, what, <laughs> do, you, what do you mean?" She's like, "Well." I, I, I jumped the border and I was like, when she's like, well, yeah. I was 13 by myself. I jumped the border, failed twice, wow. uh, you know, got caught once. I gave them some bogus name of this school bully I didn't like. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm like, why did you never tell me? She's like, well, why would I tell you? And I'm like, because, right. you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, so first right. to me, it's like, I, I understand that it's, it's really something that I live with, especially being half Mexican and half Puerto Rican. I kind of right. get this idea of like, Hey, when the Olympics come around or big World Cup games, I can be like USA, Mexico, Puerto Rico. Any of them do good, right. I'm, I'm I'm proud of it. Right, but, right. Uh, also, it's like you know, at the same time, it's like to really kind of get these different experiences of how Puerto Ricos have, don't have the same experience as Mexicans. Mexicans don't have the yeah. same experience as Puerto Ricos, and most yep. countries feel that way. Honestly, Cubans are the same yeah. way. Guatemalans and Honduras, yep. you know, it's all this different kind of like experiences that may be similar but at the same time right. are very different when it comes to our food when it comes to just everything how we talk how we speak how certain learning sure. you know languages we speak in spanish yeah. it's like absolutely you know it, it's like my father always goes Coño! and he's the yeah. only man that that's the, the that i've ever met that speaks that in spanish and i'm like oh that's because <laughs> puerto rican stunt <laughs> right right yeah, so for me it's that's the to, to, to hear about this documentary i'm like a bad damn time but be like, yeah. I'm so happy that people get to really do that because they don't realize being first generation, you mm. and and nothing against Latino families, but we're really not sure. like cuddly, wuddly, I love you kind of people. Yeah. And right. so like I was the first person to graduate from college on both sides of my family, right? Both mm. my I got nine uncles and aunts, and I got nine uncles and aunts. And I was wow. the first one of the the, the the generation to actually graduate from high school. So wow. like or I've graduated from college. And I, you yeah. know, it's one of those things of like, 
it's a very hard, unique experience to to kind mm-hmm. of like, as to put it, uh, as Selena says in the JLo Selena movie, it's like, you're not good enough for the Mexicans and you're not good enough. Right. For right. And it's right. like, right. you know, I have these unique experience of being first generation, of not knowing Spanish, of constantly yep. being told to speak Spanish, but none of my family members are speaking it to me. My grandma still don't speak English. I still don't speak Spanish. I, right. I, I don't mean just her look at each other, you know, like, right. hey, you know. So for me, right. I'm really glad that they're talking because it really is a big thing. Even when it comes to second and third generations too, it's this yep. really big thing of like being a Latino in America, being, a, you know, I, I, I didn't even know until a few years ago that Chicanos didn't mean like Latin American, USA Americans. It meant like yeah. Mexicans. Right, and right. Like, oh, like, oh, ch- the chick. So what do you call like a Salvadorian here or a Puerto Rican here? And you're like, yeah, no sé. Right. <laughs> right. You know, for me, it's, it's one of those things of like, I, I'm glad that this is experienced because at the end of the day, my hope when it comes to these sorts of movies and in general with any representation is to spark conversation, right? Sure. It's, yeah. it's to, 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 even if you're not Latino, it, it's like, yeah. look at Encanto, right? How many right. people were dressing up as all the characters were dancing right, right. that weren't Latino, right? Right. But they were right. sharing in these experiences and they were sharing with the foods. And for mm-hmm. me, I'm like, that's what that's what I think every culture should want. I'm not down to yeah. this gatekeeping. I know some mm-hmm. people were like, if you're white, don't you can't be dressing up as Encanto characters. And I'm like, no, 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 mm. not no. You don't go gatekeeping people. Like if they were right. sharing our love and experiences, that's fine as long as they're doing it respectfully, right? I'm not sure. saying you know. Sure do brown face anything like that like if you're right, right. respectfully do it because it, it, we are like as latinos we're unique in that we're white we're african we're indigenous mm-hmm. yeah we are all sorts of different things so you can't go yeah. around saying white people can't do it because then you have to say well black people can't do it well asians can't right do it. right and then just on a slippery slope just for him like when it comes to sharing let's share it and let's have other people come in you know miha you know the first big thing is that gonna be yeah and i hope the movie explains it what Miha means because right, right. I want to watch Mejia like even if we see that often you know with the Spanish culture we got the new Pokemon yeah. coming out with Quaxley and all that stuff and they're like I think it's going to be Don Quixote you're like oh, <laughs> what what <laughs> right right but I mean I think I think to your, to your point yeah I don't I don't uh, participate in the gatekeeping either because I think that uh, this is all about at the end of the day acceptance and and inclusivity right and i think that the the problem when you when you kind of break down a lot of the racism that we've seen historically it's from a lack of understanding right it's it's from this idea that different means bad right and Mm -hmm. and and even though we're just talking about a disney movie here things like encanto begin to kind of chip away at at some of these sort of historical uh, you know, negative connotations that we've seen when it comes to Latinos. You know what uh-huh. I mean? And I think that a a little kid who happens to be white wanting to dress up as one of the characters, you know, uh, I think, you know, it, in an ideal world might might make them humanize, you know, Latinos when it comes exactly. to the things that they see in the news when they grow up, you know? Yeah, honestly, um, and I used to work in design for, you know, and so I would have come to, I'd come to work and I'd see all these yeah. little, and you know, that's the beauty of being at this land so much, even as a guest, yeah. is that if you really stop to look around at the people and especially the children, I yeah. didn't, for a week straight, I didn't see a single Latino dressed up as Mirabel, but I saw a hmm. bunch of white girls and a bunch of yeah. black girls and a bunch of even Asian girls, you know, yeah. dressing up as Mirabel. And I'm like, that's, that's, that's that. Yes. Like, cause now they're right. just like, because then my hope is that like, it spreads, right. They see the outfits. And then if they're driving down yeah. the street and they see 
these Latinos that are making those authentic outfits that they'll buy from them, right? Yeah. And then right, right. conversations because it's like, and uh, it's like the thing of like, oh, it's just a Disney movie, whatever. It's like, yes, but at the same time, think about the reach of it, right? Uh, we don't right. talk about Bruno as like the biggest song Disney's ever released. That means right, millions right. of people who never have heard about Latino culture are now right. indulging in it. They're indulging in the culture. And it's, I wasn't the biggest fan of Encanto, but everything it's mm-hmm. done and all the, the momentum it's, it's made towards Latinos. Right. You know, hats off to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think you're, you're giving people who may not grow up around a diverse community. You know what I mean? Like people who might grow up in, in their, in their bubble where there's not a lot of Latinos for them to actually get to know personally. Mm-hmm. This is going to be maybe their first experience with that, you know, and and they're going to associate the Spanish language with something good. You know what yeah. I mean? As opposed to, you know, what the news tries to tell you or what certain politicians try to tell you about, you know, Latinos and and the kind of like shit that we've all heard that like, we speak uh, English in this country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like oh, that no. Yeah, of- we speak oh, American. Right. I mean, yeah, right. I, trust <laughs> yeah. me, yeah. I can't wait for you to get deported. I can't get deported. I don't right. even, I'm from here. I'm born in Los right. Angeles, man. What are you talking about? Get deported. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. I. Oh man. Those are, that's stories and stories yeah. and stories. All these people, I, <laughs> and vice versa too. Never in my life had anyone called me a pastor. And granted, I got the white light in my face and with <laughs> Latinos, the longer you spend outside, the darker you get. Right. It's right. Like, you know, I don't see the sun, whatever. And on TikTok, I get people going like, well, why are you white talking about Latino stuff? Like you think I'm, you think I'm a, a white pat man. Like I've never in my life, never in my life, as right. a white person looked at me and be like, "Are you white?" But right. like other Latinos, we like to just sometimes rig each other down. We're just like, ah, yeah. no, nah, he's he's not. He's I bet white people think he's white, and it's like, no, man. <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean that that's what this whole podcast is about. Like life as a gringo. Gringo comes from my family back. Puerto Rico used to call me a gringo. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like. That that's what this is all about is like me never fitting in anywhere. I feel like you know, um, and, and I and I've gotten those same comments throughout the course of my life, you know, from people uh telling me you you know making me feel like I'm not Latino enough to talk on certain things. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's just it's funny to me that other people feel so comfortable telling you your yeah. lived experience. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I, that's never been lost on me. The humor uh, of that, particular white people, um, you know, but. But yeah, I think I think, you know, to to what we've been talking about. Yeah, I think it's it's a great thing for people to be able to experience the multifacetedness of our culture. And and that, you know, when you have a brand like Disney co-signing it, you know, mm-hmm. a, a brand that really has this this strong repu- reputation for greatness. And right? influence. And there, yeah, it's absolutely. And for influence and has an incredibly young audience, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I think things like this, you can't help but see it and have hope for the future because you just know that that this is going to fall on the eyes of, of people who it could potentially change their perspective of of how uh, they view people of color honestly man and it's like for me too it's just speaking on that it just reminded me too is that so yeah. i have a four-year-old son and a lot of times when it comes to kids mm. there's a lot of yeah. shows for girls but there's not a lot of shows for boys especially for sure. latino boys and um then one of the things i noticed recently is that they're putting a little more into their shows we have al mm. house as a latina bisexual main character you know, wow. when we was growing up, all we had was Wizards of Waverly Place, where it was a half, right. half white family. And that was wonderful because they, yeah. they did the representation great. And it's right. like, and I, I started noticing um, when they're doing a little bit more here and there, just, you know, we had Elena of Avalor, even Sophia, mm-hmm. the first, technically, she was the first half. She's biracial, technically speaking. Right. You right. know, and it's like we're seeing like, uh, and it, it gets even further too. it's um, like for Alice's Wonderland Bakery, this new kids show. 
Though yeah. Mad Hatter is uh, Japanese. He's a Japanese voice actor. Oh, wow. Uh, so, yeah, and um, the Queen of Hearts and the Princess of Hearts, they're Latina. Yeah. And wow. I love it, too, because, like, they didn't just, like, oh, we're going to cast a Latina make their skin a little darker. Like, the opening sure. line is, like, Mi amor, ven aquí. Like, it's, it's one of those things I'm like, yeah. they didn't need to do that. They could have just kept right. the fact that, like, they actually, like, are putting in this effort because it shows yeah. diversity. And I got—I yeah. was lucky enough to I know someone who works on the, the work on the show, and they're like, "Yeah, well, yeah. we 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 thought he would be that like we thought it would be okay for him to be Japanese, the Mad Hatter to be Japanese because he likes tea. Mm. Japanese like tea, and we consulted, yeah. and tea is a very important thing. And we felt like if this is a good, an easy way to do diversity without being disrespectful mm -hmm. to Japanese or sure. to the Mad Hatter character, and I'm like, that's right. that's perfect because like even right. the little things, right? Even the little things of the Queen of Hearts, the Prince's Hearts." You're showing this both. You're giving jobs to Latinos, mm -hmm. which is great, but you're also yeah. doing it respectfully. And it's like yeah. that's something that like it, it's it's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to oh, it, provide it, shows for kids to see that and be like, oh, I'm absolutely. normal. Like me being me existing is normal. Right, right, right. No, one one hundred percent, and that just builds confidence. You know, which is obviously one of the, the most important things for a kid to have coming into a, a crazy world like we live in. But, you know, I, I've uh, I've loved getting your take on on all this stuff, man. I mean, let, let's kind of talk about uh, what you do, though, the, the story time guy. I mean, for anybody who who's not familiar, kind of put us on to to what the content is that, that you're putting out there. Yeah. So uh, I'm the story time guy on Instagram, TikTok. I'm going into YouTube right now, too. Um, I do fairy tales from around the world. So fairy tales, folk tales, mythology, sometimes pop culture, um, whether it's comic books, whether it's movies, whether it's TV shows, I do. Mm. Uh, I try to do a really big purview of the world, right? I do yeah. from either Aztecs, uh, Mexica, Mesoamerica, to Africa, to African-American, to South mm. American, to Asia, Southeast Asia. And uh, my big thing is that we have folk tales about Europe. Every time someone says, oh, fantasy or folk tales or fairy tales, they're exclusively mm -hmm. talking about European ones. And that's yeah. great. And I, I talk about those sometimes too. But for me, it's the, every culture has folk tales. Every culture has fairy tales, has mythology. Yeah. And that's the kind of big thing that I like talking about is that I like sharing the beauty of diversity from around the world because there mm. are beautiful things. And, and I will admit, yeah. sometimes I mess up because I'll read books. And I'll be like, oh, and I'll yeah. say a word. And then I'll have people yeah. come from that thing. And most of the time, we're super respectful, like, hey, we appreciate it, but you mispronounced that word very sure. badly. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, yeah, and you know what? It's, it's for me, it's like, but it's a learning experience for me. It's a learning experience sure. to be able to share these kind of experiences with them. And that's what I do. I just yeah. talk about folktales and cultures. I do like Latino content more because it kind of gets me back to my roots. I like right. looking for Latino content, Mexican content of folktales and fairy tales and La Llorona and mm -hmm. the, the baby Aldientes and the devil yeah. comes in chains and Chupacabra and, you know, digging right. into that kind of stuff because. That that's yeah. exciting to me, and it, it yeah. it's exciting to other people too because you know I sure. do have this big following, and yeah. so for me, like to be able to share that kind of stuff, that's what I like doing. And sometimes I'll do random stuff. Sometimes uh, I'll do eclectic. Uh, yesterday I did a uh, wrestling styles from around the world, where I talked about sumo mm -hmm. wrestling and Turkish Greece wrestling, lucha libre, yeah. and uh, African dambe. So for me, it's if you like eclectic stuff, if you want to just diversify yourself in anything when it comes to mm -hmm. the world, uh, I'm yeah. the guy for you. Uh, I love doing pop cultures i do give latino takes more than i do other things but i yeah. will always do things from an eclectic point of view from a diverse point of view i'm all about inclusion diversity it's something that i'm passionate about my fans are passionate mm. about so if you're that kind of stuff you like that kind of stuff that's what i do um and if i can i may i recently yeah. wrote two books um 
Lyrona and Zorro, and I got another one coming next week. Um, they're hmm. short books. They're on my link on my profile. But it's once again, it's diversity for me. I took folktales and I, I was like, well, yeah. let's see. What do I like? What do Latinos like? We like horror. Yeah. Why do we like horror? I don't know. I think it's because we're all just a little bit weird in the head. But I think that's <laughs> what we love, right? I, th- I don't think you'll find right. a Latino who doesn't like to be scared. And yeah. so for me, I'm like, what if I took Zorro and made him like a slasher film? Like, what if mm. Zorro was like Mike Myers, Freddy Krueger kind of thing? If we take that and we just <laughs> yeah. like scared, because who doesn't like to be scared? Same thing with right. La Llorona. You know, I take it. I talk about the diversity and the origin of La Llorona. So not only is it kind of educating people on like, hey, right. La Llorona was probably a real story. Hey, it was all this stuff. But I also yeah. go into like the, you know, the violence and the, the, the blood and the guts because it's fantasy, it's folklore. It's all kind of built on this darkness. So if yeah. any of that interested you guys, come follow me. I love to have you. I love talking with people. Um, and I love talking about other, with other Latino content creators. That's my big thing. Whenever I see, and I do it all the time, whenever I can plug a Latino content creator, I'm there for it. I love it. I love supporting my people. I love that, bro. You know, actually, one one last thing I want to ask you is, you know, you you talk about being brought up in a white community, having a white stepfather, and obviously your mom not sharing much about her own history. What what kind of was your moment for you that got you more tapped into your your culture like your latin roots you know what i mean because obviously it's something you had to search for rather than was just kind of thrown you know in a part of everyday life for you yeah i would say there's two things for it so my wife is yeah. she's mexican tejano so she's texas mm-hmm. before texas kind of thing and yeah. it was one of those things of like because there's some experiences you have when it comes to like christmas morning tamales and you know right, my right. favorite food on this planet is bista campanizado the breaded steak white rice, uh-huh. black beans, platanos, yeah. or pork yep. chops with white rice, black beans. But, you know, it's like, yeah. that, and that's kind of learned. That's this experience is I thought, right? Like that's just, sure. oh, that's just living life, you know? And it right. wasn't until I actually started doing TikToks that I actually started diving into my culture because I wanted content. Mm. Well, how do I tell stories right. about Mexican content or Puerto Rican? Talk to my parents. Yeah. And, right. you know, they're not very talkative people, especially they've, they've both lived very rough lives. Yeah. That's how I got into it was doing these videos and I've been going, well, I, you know, I've been doing a video or two, at least a video every single day for almost two years now. Wow. And so like when, you, when that kind of comes, you need content. So for me, it was just talking yeah. to my parents and my wife has been a big supporter. She gets me books. She buys me books constantly whenever she's on Amazon or whenever yeah. we're at the bookstore. She's like, oh, look, found a book about Mexican folktales. Oh, found a book yeah. uh, Abuela stories. Abuela told me, you know, so my wife's been right. a very big proponent in like me pushing my own heritage because. It, it's something that she can share and we can share in, we can share in together yeah. and I can share with other people. So yeah, to answer your question, I really didn't get into my own culture until I started talking about my culture, which was right, never the intention. Right. I was never like going to be the Latino guy or the indigenous. Yeah. Or, like I was just like, right. I want to talk about Disney stuff and folktales. And right. it kind of just veered into being like more discovering my heritage, which is something yeah, I that- suggest everyone do, honestly. Right. No, that that's beautiful. I wanted to ask you that because I, I get messages from people all the time who like might be a little bit older and they're like, you know, talking to me like, man, like, you know, you're inspiring me to dive more into my culture or I didn't, you know, figure start, you know, really uh, researching it where I came from until you know later in life yep. or, you know, like 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 you were saying, you know, uh, you grew up in a white neighborhood, you know, because that's mm. where you grew up. You know, what I mean? <laughs> and, and you're like, and it does, it's not right or wrong. You know, I mean, I went to high school in a white neighborhood. So like I went through periods of time where I had a bit of an identity crisis, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I appreciate you, you, you sharing that because I just think that, you know, it's, it's helpful to, to let people know, like, it's never too late to begin to tap into those roots you know and and it's incredibly important you know i'm not going to speak for you but i know for me 
yeah. you know, the more I have begun to do that, you know, over these last few years or whatever it's been, you know, I know the more like myself I felt, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, no, and, you, uh, you can speak for me if you say in that, man. I completely agree yeah. with you. It's true. Yeah. It's, you, you feel more comfortable. You feel happy. You kind of feel like you're yeah. getting back to your culture. It's, you yeah. know, it's like my wife's like, have you watched the George Lopez show? And I'm like, no, I never watched the George Lopez show. And I'm watching yeah. it and I'm, and I'm like hysterically laughing every episode, every minute, because yeah. I didn't realize that my experiences were like the Latino shared experience. So right, like, I right. could watch this show and like be like, oh, this isn't just like me. This is my life. Like this is the Latino experience, you know, and the yeah. Mexican experience that you kind of, so for me, it's like, I, I honestly encourage everyone, don't be ashamed of it. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be mm -hmm. ashamed to say like, I don't know where I come from. I don't know about my family. Ask your parents, yeah. man. I know we're Latinos and we don't talk about like that kind of stuff, but ask them. They'll, right. they'll talk to you, man. They might need yeah. like a Corona or two, but they'll talk to you about their life <laughs> and everything. And they'll share stories with you because we all got right. all Latinos of every generation. We got folktales. A lot of them are yes. scary, man. Take a yep. recorder, take a, take a thing, write things down because it really, because it's not just like learning to be Latino. It's sharing Latino aspects with your family. You know, it's like. Right. Uh, my mom's whole my mom had this crisis in of identity where she's like i don't have latino friends i don't talk to my yeah. family as much none of my kids speak spanish like i have no right. you know i have no reason to speak spanish ever and she's like i need to speak spanish i need to speak spanish right you know so it's one of those things of like your parents no matter what they they, they do want to share these things with you you just right. sometimes you got to push them yeah no that, that that's definitely that's that's beautifully beautifully said man listen it's been a pleasure having you on on the show man i've really enjoyed it uh where can people follow you on on your social platforms check out your content yeah so instagram tiktok youtube uh at the Storytime guy awesome and your uh your link to your your books are, are in the, yeah. the bios for those yeah all the links to the bios on that and if you ever have any questions or anything uh my email's in there too email me i get tons of requests to do specific videos or monsters whatever whether it's latino or otherwise mm -hmm. hit me up i always love to do uh request videos Love it, bro. Well, thanks again for, for hopping on, man. I'd love to have you on, uh, you know, sometime in the future as well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, man. Big shout out to Matthew for hopping on. I, I really love that conversation. Enjoyed that conversation. And I think that that was, I hope, uh, you know, inspirational for some of y'all to hear about somebody else aside from me who has has gone through a similar thing to to many of you who listen to this podcast, you know, of not feeling like you fit in and and not, you know, seeing your place in in your own culture you know and, and understand that it's never too late for that so i appreciate that whole whole conversation now with that said let's hear from some of y'all in our ask a gringo segment ask a gringo uh, i have a question all right so for this one uh i i asked a question to to y'all on instagram at dj dramos and this is based off of the Residente and J Balvin beef. And I did mention this, I think, with Matthew quickly. But one of the things that Balvin was being mocked by when it comes to Residente was just he's just saying, like, he only cares about money and, and fame, essentially, right? That he's fake. And, and Residente being somebody who has always been outspoken about politics and, and social issues um, in, in Puerto Rico, you know, kind of you have these two different artists, J Balvin existing more in, like, the world of, of pop and and, and putting out pop hits and, and Residente um, being more of somebody who chooses to use his platform for advocating for the people. And it just got me thinking, you know, where you fall on what you want to see from the people that you follow. Right. So I asked on Instagram, do artists or celebs have a duty to speak on issues? Why or why not? So I want to quickly read a, a few of the responses that I got on here at Marcel 031588 says, 
I wouldn't say quote unquote duty, but if it's genuine, their platforms can reach more than politicians. Yeah, and, and I go back and forth on this one. I think for me personally, I don't know. I, I think there's so much power in having a platform, you know, and and I've seen it on both sides. You know, I've I've worked with people who are very much outspoken and fighting for something when it comes to utilizing their platform. And I've been with others who really just enjoy the lifestyle of of having some sort of notoriety or proximity to fame or whatever it is and and don't speak on anything else don't feel like it's their place to speak on anything and i guess man at the end of the day it is a personal choice for everyone and this is just my opinion speaking but i personally see it as such a waste of resources if you don't try and use your platform for good in some type of way and listen not all of us are heavily involved in politics and and passionate about keeping up with the news and all of the above and we all have different things going on i totally understand that but again i I think it is man a waste of so much power to not try and utilize it to make other people's lives better i i can't personally find a way around that you know i i just think that it's such a waste if the only person gaining value from from you having this huge platform is yourself. I don't know. I I personally can't imagine that being a, a life worth living. At Errol Samuel says, fuck no, nah. you get my money to entertain me, not guide my morals. Then he goes on to say, I like it though, laughing emoji. And listen, I, I, I get it. I think that uh, to your point, it, there's probably times where it's like, man, the fucking world is exhausting. You turn on the TV and some terrible thing is happening at all times. Like, you know, I might just want to throw on a song or look at social media to kind of get away from all that's happening. And I don't want to hear, I don't know, Cardi B talking about all the horrors that are going on in the world. You know, I'm looking for her to escape from it. And, and I kind of get it. I think, you know, we as much as I don't believe in escapism, I think we all need a break from from life sometimes when it comes to all the shit that's going on in, in this world. But again, I think for me personally, I just I can't be okay with having a platform and not using it for something other than myself. That's me personally. Last one, at Eric Kurtzog says, nope, a lot of times they don't fully know what's going on. Not their fault, but true. And and I think you have a great point. I think that while having a great platform can be a, you know, a blessing, it also can be extremely dangerous because if you have people spewing misinformation, as we've seen with certain politicians, you know, that can cause a lot of havoc i.e. January 6th, right? And it, and, it, and it goes and it goes both ways, right? That's not just for Republicans. You know, there's plenty of people on the liberal side who spew all kinds of shit or share stuff that is not proven or not factual from random sources and like get people all riled up that it that that's what's going on. You know, you have to be careful of, of who your messenger is, you know? And I think if you are somebody with a platform, obviously you should treat it with care. And, and even though you might be compelled to speak on something, you know, you have to just make sure you're dotting your I's and, and crossing your T's. And, and if this is not necessarily your wheelhouse where you feel incredibly knowledgeable to, you know, educate other people, I think that's when you kind of begin to collaborate with others who are, you know, kind of doing this as the focus of their life, who are really well read, who, you know, have studied these different things that we're talking about and can really give a more educated perspective. And, and you know, I think that's what, you know, you can do if you want to do good, but it's not necessarily in your wheelhouse. But obviously, you know, either way, having a platform does come with a a great deal of responsibility and that needs to be acknowledged. 
And with that said, thank you all for participating in our Ask a Gringo segment at DJ Dramos. We want to be a part of those. We do it for each and every episode. And now let's tie everything we've talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. Time for Conclusion Stew. All right, I'm going to keep it short and sweet because I know this episode has been a little bit long. It really was just, I think, a phenomenal conversation. Once again, shout out to uh, Matthew Torres, the Storytime guy. I, I genuinely enjoyed that conversation. I feel like, man, we touched on so many amazing things. And I just think the overall gist of it, of a lot of the things we've been talking about is, you know, we should always be striving for better, right? Like we can celebrate and acknowledge all the beautiful and monumental things that have been happening for our community, you know, to our community and and some of the inclusion that's been happening and and be happy about it, but not also lose sight that they can always be made better and that we should always be striving for for better and stronger representation because it does matter and i think for me one of the more compelling things we talked about was the idea of encanto and what that potentially could change for others right the fact that you have this other generation of little kids growing up idolizing these latin figures and hearing spanish and 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 hearing it in a positive light and singing it and learning it that has the potential to change this next generation's view of of latinos right who historically have always been been viewed as lesser than or as violent criminals and all of these different things that the media has continuously portrayed us as things like this have the potential to allow people to see us for who we truly are allow people to see us for the multi-dimensional beautiful culture that we truly are and allows these kids to have a, a potentially kind of clean slate when viewing things that are different than their own culture right and to not fear things that are different, but understand that there's beauty in the things that are different. And obviously, with all that said, there's still so much work to be done. But I feel really incredible about all that I'm, I'm seeing and, and all that we, you know, hopefully will continue to see down the road. Now, thank you all so much for tuning into another episode. We'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new one. Until then, have an amazing weekend. And if you can leave us a review on podcasts, that really does help with all the algorithms and people checking out the show and all that kind of stuff. If you could leave us a positive review, I'd greatly appreciate it. And I'm doing a contest. I'm giving away a gringo hat. So if you leave us a positive review, just screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at DJ Dramos. And I'll be picking somebody for the gringo hat giveaway. Thank y'all so much for love and support. I appreciate you. And I'll catch y'all on Tuesday. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi, everyone. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids, Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. 
Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.